0: The following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the pro wrestling tees
1: headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT Cast, Scrum and Stank! Bang Bang, what is up, you guys? Welcome to episode 43 of the PWT Cast. My name is Scrum. And This is Stank. And we're your hosts of the PWT Cast. If you already aren't, make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at PWTCast. Stank, how are you doing on this lovely Sunday?
2: Man, the weather couldn't be better. It's actually a little warm. I kind of, I kind of miss the cool breeze.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like 80 degrees outside right now, which is probably the warmest in months that it's been here in in Illinois. You know, in, in Chicago, it's it's been bo- like especially this last week. I mean this upcoming week it's supposed to just be nonstop rain you know yeah so
2: which we had like a lot of rain yeah yesterday
1: last was, the last tornado warning. yeah like all last week it was just ton of rain a ton of flooding and I've, i believe i might have told the story on last uh, last week's podcast maybe not um where this where my living quarter is situated there's a, a train the, the metro right behind us i never hear yeah. i never hear the train and this was uh, about like a week ago, where I'm just, just sitting in the studio, I'm like working on some stuff, and I, I keep hearing the train. I'm like, man, thing's so loud. I start watching TV, and again, I just like keep hearing the train. I was like, that's so weird. Like I don't know, why it's so so loud today. And then I, I I went downstairs to grab something, and I hear like it's raining. I'm like, oh. So I opened like the back door. Uh, the warehouse and I see that it's just fucking pouring outside and then I hear what I thought was uh, the train was just this giant thunder just non-stop radiating through the skies and I was like oh okay I'm like that's if like if it sounded like a a train inside here I can only imagine what it sounded like to people with like real windows Um, but yeah no it's it's a beautiful Sunday Uh, by the time you guys hear this it'll be Memorial Day uh, it's going to be a little Memorial day barbecue over at the pro wrestling Tees. So yeah. kind of super excited about that. I know you just said your family, you guys are celebrating Memorial day as well.
2: Oh, dude, I bought so, I went to the butcher and bought so much meat. It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Same but. thing. Like, uh, you know, Jonathan Delgado for another show. He's, yeah, he's bringing like 20, like 20, 25 pounds of steak. And, uh, about five pounds of short rib, so i am normally on sundays i i go i you know i buy groceries for the week meal prep not even bothering because there's going to be so much meat that i'll probably have food for for a few days um but yeah if you're still listening to this on uh, monday um our sale is still going on actually it probably will be going on for uh, a little bit uh if you use the promo code um memorial you'll get 20, memorial. yeah memorial you get 20 percent off anything uh as long as it's before noon central standard time so uh if you're listening to this early and uh you want to go pick yourself up not just the, you know pwt cash shirt but any of the lovely t-shirts over at pro wrestling tees use the promo code memorial and you'll save 20 percent off and it's free usa shipping on any orders over 150 and uh dave i wanted to, i wanted to give a shout out to some of the lovely people who oh yeah t-shirts uh excuse me if you know you've buy a t-shirt after you know after we're finished recording this i'll make sure to give you a shout out on next week's episode but i wanted to shout out all uh, the all these wonderful friends of the show we got spencer Cantor, cody nevins trevor outlaw who i hear is a. Uh, doing a little part-time stuff over at Pro Wrestling Tees. Oh! Uh, yeah, we got the the lovely Tiffany. If you're in the VIP group, you know Tiffany. She does her, these beautiful jackets, these beautiful custom jackets. Uh, Jesse Kohlberg, you know, best friend of the show. Um, oh. we, Jesse, I know you're listening to this. We're going we're gonna to have you on soon, bud. As soon as the world opens back up and... You know, we we mentioned very early on in the show. We're like, "Hey, if anyone buys all the t shirts that we own, yeah, we'll have you the, the original show. Thanos." Yeah. yeah, and yeah, just like yeah, Thanos. Jesse went and collected them all, and you know, Jesse's been down since day one. We we greatly appreciate Jesse, so shout out Jesse. Yeah, uh, we also had Mike McKnight and Anthony Torres purchase t shirts from us. So thank you to all you wonderful friends of the show. Uh, I'm in love with uh, that Watchmen design that we got. It's just so it's cool. been getting a lot of good response right yeah and i just oh my god like i i look at it and i'm like it's so us you know
2: yeah like, it's fitting
1: <laughs> exactly i'm real thankful for all the people who have uh purchased t-shirts from us because again you know dave dave puts in a ton of fucking work on these and he has a lot of stuff to do as is you know like for those of you unaware david's you know, he's sitting there putting in work on most of the major, you know, like wrestling designs that you see all like the AW stuff or a lot of the yeah, AW stuff. And,
2: we've, we've been busier than ever. And I know you've been busy too. Holy crap.
1: <sighs> yeah. It's
2: yeah. We do it for the love of you guys though.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's been, it's been busy at the shop, but again, it's, it's a good problem to have. I'm never going to complain about there being too much food on my table when I was the one complaining about being hungry. I believe right. that's the saying, uh, but yeah, nonetheless, uh, I'm very happy with uh, like the amount of work we have because, again, in a time where there's two, three million people unemployed, like it's, it's nice to have yeah. work. Um, yeah, uh, I guess kind of been beating around the bush because it's kind of like a sad thing to talk about. But uh, unfortunately yeah. this week we had uh, several losses in the world of wrestling. Uh, we had a writer. He was a writer, right?
2: yeah you yeah uh, pro wrestling writer uh, Larry Zonka, who's been you know he's been very influential. a lot of people uh, read up on him and and people that couldn't see some people that couldn't see certain wrestling events we get recaps from him. Uh, you know he he's got a family left behind. They got to go fund me for him. Um, it's pretty sad, uh, yeah.
1: also, we had the unfortunate timely death of uh, Stardom wrestler Hanakamura, which is such a bummer yeah. because I like and listen, we you know, we thrive on our our mission statement is let's be positive about what we like, let's talk about what we like. You know, if yeah, you don't hear us talking about a specific thing, it's probably because we don't like it and you know, we don't want to just be negative. Right. Um, but Hanakamura, you know, she's only 22, she was on uh a reality TV show in in Japan called Terrace House and her the storyline for her this this season or last season uh that she was kind of painted in the light of being a villain you know again it's for TV right it's a television show uh but she was getting a ton of hate uh friend of the show WH Park he kind of he lives over in Japan i guess he kind of shed a little bit more light on it uh apparently it was more there was a lot of like, um, like, uh, what's the proper word? I mean, I guess I'll say like racist remarks because apparently she's not fully Japanese. I forget, you know, she's half Japanese. I forget what the other, you know, half is. Um, but apparently there's a lot of people, you know, giving her shit about that too. And again, it this is a 22 year old, you know, put your mind frame in like that of a t- when you were 22. Some of us, you know. Are more emotionally stable and emotionally able to handle some of that stuff, you know, especially mentally. But unfortunately, not everybody is. And I know earlier in the day, I, I have a group chat with uh, a bunch of my friends that you know I've met through post wrestling, and uh, a friend of the show, Neil. He, you know, he was like, "Oh my God, have you guys seen this?" Because earlier in the day, she'd posted off some image of her, uh you know, self harming herself, and we were all worried. And kind of the wrestling world as a whole was like whoa what's going on you know please someone check on hana kumura and then later on in the night the stardom yeah. announced she'd passed away uh dave melzer announced it and there's just you know don't be a dick you know it's, yeah
2: it's, it, it's so sad that people you know it's, it's i don't want to say especially for wrestlers but wrestlers go out there they put their body on the line for your entertainment you know what i mean they stay away from family they sacrifice so much And then for some people, just because maybe you don't like their character or you don't approve of their work rates or you're not physically attracted to them, you go online and you just – I don't mean you as in our listeners. Our listeners are great, but there's people out there that make a semi-profession out of just trolling people and not even for fun just to like – they just want to demean and degrade people. It's just sad
1: yeah, it's. I mean,
2: we we talked about it with the blue meanie. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like he's like he's he's seen online hatred towards people, and I mean, fortunately for him, he's got a great attitude about it. He doesn't take things personally. But you know, when you're young, you know, yeah, and stuff listen, like this happens.
1: And listen, whether you're you know you're whether you're 22, 42, 62, or 82, like you know, it 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 shouldn't matter. Like you know, like you yeah. just and i get it we don't live we don't live in this perfect utopia where everyone's going to be you know nice to each other and there will be no such thing as you know prejudice and racism and sexism and homophobia you know it's unfortunately it would be wonderful if that were the case and it's not and yeah. the one thing that you know you and i and everyone can do to you know kind of fix that problem or kind of try and make it a little bit better is just don't be a dick. Be a nice person. Yep. It costs zero, you know, it costs zero dollars. It takes no, you know, very little effort to, you know, please, thank you, and to just don't, don't say, you know, if you don't have something nice to say, then don't say, yeah, that. We, we all heard you it. Don't, you,
2: don't have to be, you don't even have to be nice. If you just don't be mean.
1: Exactly. You know, like yeah. I, I see things all the time online, you know, like, most notably, uh, there was the uh, Owen Hart Dark Side of the Ring that came out. And the amount yeah. of people that I follow or I see, you know, sometimes it'll show up on Twitter like, oh, so-and-so follows this person. The amount of, like, WWE loyalists and, like, Vince McMahon apologists, uh-huh. like, makes me sick to my stomach, you know? like, hey,
2: Can I just tell you, and I'm not going to say the name, but um, Ryan was very, you know, we were working on this behind the scenes. And Ryan was very excited because, you know— that era of wrestling was kind of like his favorite, right? Including, you know, on top of the 80s, but like, you know, having an Owen Hart shirt was a big deal because uh, his widow, Martha, Dr. was Martha. so protective. Dr. Martha, yeah, put some respect on it. Um, but she, she was very protective, and and clearly because of the incident, she, she didn't want misuse of Owen Hart's name. So, um, but you know we worked with her we worked with dark side of the ring to get this together and then all the proceeds of these shirts were going to the owen Hart foundation um and you know if you if you watched the episode with owen Hart, um you know they do a lot of stuff for single single mothers uh they help out with the community and ryan posted this and someone (laughs) posted i can't wait till the wwe sues you guys and i commented i was like what kind of a person are you that you would hope the WWE would sue us and Dr. Martha Hart over a tribute to her husband that goes to a charitable foundation? Like some people just don't think they just want to spit vitriol. And it's, it's ridiculous. Like I was and she's like, Oh, I hope they sue her. And it's, it's why why would why would you live with that mentality it's got to be exhausting
1: i mean these are you know these are the same people though who because you, because they want an owen hart action figure or they want owen hart and whatever stupid wwe game is coming out where they're just like well it shouldn't matter he should be in it like no like what what listen watch starks head of the ring i know david Vixenspan has talked in Length about you know the whole trial what really happened, uh yeah. you know, John Pollock like friend of the show former guest of the show uh about about a year ago I believe he did a very extensive like mini documentary or just like a a long form podcast I believe there might have been a video accompaniment to it, kind of just you know about Owen Hart as well and like it, this this man died in the ring yeah yeah this man fell from the because of you know. Unproper equipment because stupidity. they wanted to, you know, cut the cost because of stupidity, because of laziness. Well, someone, someone's father's. Oh, go ahead.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, what she said too was like they wanted this quick release harness because they didn't want to wait two extra seconds for him to take his thing off.
1: Exactly. They did, Vince, you know what I mean? Vince didn't like the way it looked. Yeah. And then don't do it. Exactly. And it's just, listen, you know, someone lost their son, their brother their their uncle their husband like this his man. Brother. this man died in the middle of the ring and they all but swept his body out of there and continued the show like you see jr talking about how it haunts him to he, this day he's
2: still shaking
1: it haunts him to this day that kevin dunn says uh owen hart is dead and you're on in 10 9 like yeah you know i mean it's a you know, and, again and,
2: and here's the thing, at the end of the day too, be be mindful. So whether you believe no one was at fault or not, or whether you're a fan of the WWE or not, and whether you're a fan of Owen Hart or not, at the end of the day, his wife and her son feel so strongly about it that they don't want you know they don't want him attached to it. He doesn't belong to any one of you, online. Exactly, he belongs to them, and on, that, that's they knew him the best, and they they want to carry on his legacy in the way they see fit. And, on and th- that's and all. you can...
1: On top you of, know. you know, she, Doctor Doctor uh, Hart talks about how she's not opposed to like doing stuff with other wrestling companies. She says, "WWE, I want nothing to do with him." Yeah, like he is in, I believe it's. He, he's in some sort of, he's in, he is in a hall of fame, you know? Yeah. So if there, there's, listen, there are ways to honor Owen, you know, go online, buy the t-shirt, like all the proceeds are going to, you know, the Owen Hart Foundation. Again, yeah, they, they do so much like, you know, in exactly what Owen would have wanted to, to help other people. Um, But yeah, man, it's, I was in a pretty heavy week and I think like the heaviest was definitely, uh, the untimely death of Shad Gaspar, who, uh we talk about it in this week's episode Robert pearson he uh through mVP you know being through his friendship with mVP they designed this this awesome shirt in which again yeah. all the proceeds are going to the family of shad Gaspard um but unfortunately yeah he got him and his son got pulled by a i believe it was a tidal wave and uh they came out to rescue him and being the, and, like like be, a true dad like a true dad like a you know yeah. save my son and And, you know, he gave his life for his son. Yeah. Which, like, that's It's
2: heroic. It's sad. Um, Yeah, I mean, when the news came out and they said they couldn't find him, you know, when you don't hear confirmation, there's always hope. But, like, I think everyone kind of knew, you know, if you hadn't found him by that point... And uh, so, yeah, I mean, he passed away. They've been doing memorials at the beach for him. Um, and it's funny, like, you you look at someone uh, like Shad Gaspard and JTG, and, you know, they had, they had you know, a mid-card tag team. Um, and I, I'm, I'm not being disrespectful to say, like, no one's putting them in the upper echelon of the greatest tag teams of all time, right? But just to see the mark that this guy left on people still... You know what I mean? His work mattered. Um, And, I mean, they have a GoFundMe page uh, for the family. Um, He obviously meant a lot to someone that anonymously donated $40,000.
1: Yeah. Um, We uh, think
2: we know who it is.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, the the general consensus is that it was uh, none other than the GOAT, John Cena. You know? Uh, Yeah. They they donated this money under the name of CTC RIP. For those of you unaware, Crime Time C Nation was a very short lived uh, group with John Cena and Crime Time. And if if in fact was John Cena, like speaks value on on the person that he is. You know, yeah. listen. There no one's going to debate whether you know whether you like John Cena the wrestler or not. John Cena is an it's an amazing human being. This he's a person top-tier. Yeah, this yeah. this, you know, there's I can't recall ever hearing like a negative thing said about John. Um this man has done so many Make-A-Wish. This man has constantly broken the record for the amount of wishes done through Make-A-Wish because he, the man doesn't stop. You yeah. know, the man's constantly doing these Make-A-Wishes like he's all about giving back and again no confirmation that it was in fact him. Odds are that it was just again based on, you know, I mean he he went ahead on Twitter today and posted a picture of them tagging JBL's limo with CTC written right there. So again, yeah, I'm almost pretty sure it was him. But yeah, it's 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 good to see you know the wrestling wrestling community in in the wake of these tragic deaths and anytime something you know terrible like that happens that. Everyone kind of just gets together, for the most part. You know, wrestling Twitter—they're—they're they're all yeah. out spewing hate and vitriol because I hate this wrestler, and if you don't hate this wrestler, then I hate you. And no, it's—it's it's cool when everyone can get together and you know acknowledge, hey, this person was a, was was an awesome person, and let's honor their memory, and you know let's help out any way we can. You know, so whether you're John Cena donating forty thousand dollars or you're just picking up a shirt via pro wrestling tees. Uh, You know, if you're helping out in whatever way, God bless you. You know, you're, you're doing the right thing. Your parents raised you right. Um,
2: And I, I gotta say, speaking of that Memorial shirt, um, I saw, and and this actually made me smile and warm my heart a little bit. I saw a bunch of people discussing it on Twitter and on some of the wrestling groups. And some people were saying, if I use the, uh, code memorial for the sale and i buy that shirt is that 20 percent off the shad gasmart shirt and then you know someone said yes and then they said that i won't use the code so the family can get more money and i saw a lot of people saying that so i mean that's pretty cool
1: yeah you know it's again every in situations like that you know it's it's awesome it's awesome that you're you know you're like hey whether it's a few extra bucks that they're going to get that's fine with me you know i I, I would rather give those few extra dollars to the family. And yeah, sure, you yeah. know, with the Shad Gas pressure and with these Owen Hart shirts, we the Owen the Owen Hart shirts became the second highest selling through the site and Yeah. As someone who's been both printing this week and helping match the shirts, all I see is Owen Hart. You know? Yeah. It's that's a lot of Owen Hearts. Um but hopefully this week uh, I see, you know, again, been printing part-time uh hopefully i see some of these shad Gaspar shirts which uh leads us to this week's episode you know like I, we mentioned them a little bit earlier uh my buddy robert pearson um really fun interview like yeah very cool dude yeah i he's someone it'll happen a lot where uh i'll talk with somebody and kind of hear their story and i'll go man like you you should really get on some sort of platform and talk about that story and i'll I I find that, like, with this podcast, it's been fun to, like, hey, let's talk to this person. They're really fucking cool. You know, the instance of, like, Taffy and Joe, you know? Hot Topic Taffy and Hot Topic Joe. Like, we had them on, and it's fun hearing them talk about, you know, their story, because, like, I feel like, kind of like even, like, with Taffy, where it's, like, a little bit more unconventional about how, like, she got involved with wrestling, you know? And, like, with Joe, you hear someone who has been like a lifelong fan and yeah you know aside from just like the wrestling aspect have really fun life stories and that's kind of what we strive for with this podcast is hearing people's life stories and yeah robert you know he has a very interesting one like i i you know a little spoiler i i mentioned it in the show like we we had met and you know we're following each other on social media and there was like one night where I think it might've been we were talking about like the Joker movie that just come out and we just start going back and forth and I'm like, Oh, I, I had no idea about that. You did this and Holy shit. Really? Like you also do that. And I'm like, wait, what? Like even, even in uh the interview, you know, he talks about uh, like this graphic novel that he's working on. And there's like, yeah, which
2: sounded great.
1: Right. Like, and there's like yeah. an accompanying movie to go along with it. And I was just like, whoa what the you know like we talk pretty frequently the fact that i didn't even know these things i was like yeah it's awesome um yeah really fun interviews so uh without any further ado let's go ahead and get into this week's episode uh with robert pearson so i believe i had met this gentleman back at the post-wrestling live show in new york i'm pretty sure we met then but it wasn't until the uh, up next tailgate party during summerslam weekend uh, that we actually got to like talk and even then it was it was one of those situations where you meet someone at like a wrestling show or some sort of wrestling event and you pretty much just talk wrestling for the whole time and it wasn't until maybe about a month or two later we're chatting up on Instagram and boy, did the did the floodgates just open on just how much, like, my buddy here had done. He was just like, oh, I've done this. I'm like, shut the fuck up. He's like, yeah. Oh, well, I also did this. And I'm just like, what? It was very much, I was like, what? I'm like, you're probably, like, the coolest person that I know. And, you, you know, just, it shows what kind of person that he is. Never once brought that up, you know. Like, it, these would be things I would be flexing on, you know. It's, like, it'd be the equivalent. It's it should be the equivalent of his i won the freelance halloween battle royale story but now you know he's a very modest about his stories and it's a, like i've always from time to time i'll bring it up like someone will mention you know like oh yeah filmmaking be like yeah my buddy robert pearson uh but uh without any further ado ladies and gentlemen uh robert pearson robert how are you doing
0: wow well thank you so much i i, I appreciate the the kind words and I'm doing well. I mean, it's it's an honor to be here. I know you guys have been chipping away for a while at this now, and uh, I'm very I'm very happy to be a part of of the official canon.
1: Well, you see, you're someone who, like a lot of times, Dave and I were like, "Oh man, like we want to talk to this person in person, live." But with the world seemingly shutting down right now, it's like, "Oh well,
0: <laughs> yeah." M-
1: might as well just you know get on these conversations <laughs> with these people because. Uh, I think, were you going down, You, I mean, you were going to go down for the post-show uh, for this year's Mania, right?
0: Yeah, so we actually, man, it, I think it was even the year prior it had started. We did the show live in New York, which you, you mentioned earlier, where we met. And um, yeah, the very next day after WrestleMania, I had to fly to Jacksonville, Florida uh, to do a commercial for a week. And afterwards, I then just, stuck around a couple days, and I knew next year's Mania was going to be in Tampa, which is right across the street from my old college. And um, I decided to drive down, and I ended up having a meeting with a couple department chairs and we we had lunch and we talked for like an hour about this post live show and what we wanted to do and they have a really esteemed culinary department so we were going to have it catered and we were going to have parking and it was this it was just this glorious show that we had planned uh and again worked on for the better part of a year and then unfortunately yeah due to the uh the old coronavirus we had to put the for the kibosh on that but um yeah hopefully next year maybe in uh in hollywood if if <laughs> if things are back up and running by then we can uh we can get back out there but yeah, we did plan on on doing a show down in Tampa
1: and it was like so i mentioned you know I went to the one in New York and then i went uh yeah no it was just the one in New York that I went to and it was or did you also put together the one that uh John and way had uh in Toronto?
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I worked on that one as well, which was, like, maybe six months after the New York show. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so, like, you're you're a total pro at this. And, like, <laughs> you know, so I'm not shocked that you went, like, because you mentioned that, you know, uh, you had gone to film school uh, down in Florida, mm-hmm. correct?
0: Yeah, yeah. I went to the, the very esteemed Art Institute of Tampa, which has produced, well, I mean, I... I'm sure very many successful people, but you know, they haven't quite blossomed just yet. Um <laughs> but it was a very very modest sort of little film program and it hadn't been around but maybe a couple years even when I got into it. And um yeah, it was like a three, three and a half year program and, and you know, really tried to make the most of it. We started a little film festival and brought in uh, a guest speaker every month for a little while to kind of help, you know, network and and expand the, the opportunities for the students and, you know, really sharpened a lot of networking skills and, and skills, you know, there that I would end up using when working with guys like John and Way, and, you know, putting together various live shows and events.
1: So... Like I I I mentioned to you, like I was I went to film school for a cup of coffee, um,
0: <laughs> which is the way to do it. As someone who went for the full meal,
1: <laughs> see. Well, my I, I believe I've told the story before, but I'll, I'll go ahead and tell it again. Um, I really wanted to go to film school, and it was kind of like I I went to my parents were like, you know what, go to because my local community college they offered some film classes, very very basic, essentially the same ones that they offer like in high school they were like you know what go to the ones in in, you know at the at wright college if if you still really want to go we'll figure something out and i wanted to go down to full sale because uh a buddy of mine his brother had gone to full sale and this was before any of that wwe stuff and uh, i had a cousin who she was also there and i'm like oh i'm like sylvia tells me it's a it's a really cool program and i just want to go and my parents, you know, they don't have any money, so they were just like, "Ah, uh, I don't know." And then ultimately, they were like, "Listen, if you really want to go, find one in the city." And I went to uh, Tribeca Flashpoint, and oh, nice. yeah, which was it was a fine school, but it was just the literally like the first week of school that I start uh, terrible breakups. So I'm just like in a really shitty mood, uh, on top of just a bunch of things in life. Just life in general was kind of just like shitting on me at the moment and then the cherry on top of all that was wwe announces they're like oh they're partnering with full sale and i'm like talking to my cousin (laughs) and she's like she's like we have to work with wwe she's like i I don't even i don't even want to do any stuff with them but they're (laughs) making me and i'm just like oh i'm like you get to live in sunny florida and they're making you work with wwe i'm like oh god I'm like that only sounds like the coolest fucking thing ever uh so, I mean, it definitely sounds like you put more of your skills to use because I mean, even the the semester that I was there was uh I I got more out of the community college classes. I would I would like to say I learned a little bit more about uh, how to set up a camera. Um but aside from that, it was just uh a lot of very basics. Uh but the the one thing that I w- that I found interesting is like when we were talking about uh you know you're like oh yeah I, I went to this film school you know i've done uh you, you know you've got quite a quite the resume under your belt i know you've mentioned before you've done so with the nfl uh for like bud light um but i think the coolest thing that stuck out to me because again you just like didn't mention it at all was uh <laughs> you actually trained for a bit for wrestling
0: yeah, I I did. And, and I, you know, I, I think it's worth mentioning. You, you made a, a key point earlier about, you know, when you kind of started film school and what was going on. And I think it was really important. I didn't go to college right out of high school. I waited a little bit. And, you know, by the time I went to school... I had really done a 180 on my mindset and I I was really ready, you know, and I think it's important. Sometimes people get rushed into it or they go because they just think they need to. And, uh, you know, sometimes stepping back and gaining a little clarity goes a long way because when I went, I was really hungry. And I think if I had gone a year or or two earlier, I I just would have had a completely different experience, Uh, which is to say that, yeah, I did do a little bit of training about a decade after college, which is probably not when you should start trying to train to be a pro wrestler but um <laughs> yeah i was uh, i had been working oh this story goes back to about 2013 i had been working in in soho for a director i was his personal assistant and he was a, a documentary filmmaker and so we were actually working with the wwe just just through like a consultation thing just some preliminary meetings not on anything specifically um, but I had been in communication with their offices and a few other people. And so <laughs> when I was uh, let go from my job there, you know, I was reaching out for some different positions and, uh, I talked to them about a, a writing job and had set up an interview, but as is often the case, you set up an interview and it's, it's like a month and a half later, you know, it's never like, Hey, come in this week, we'll talk. And so I got offered another job and had to take it just because I couldn't wait around a month for an interview. And so I ended up uh replacing myself which is kind of a thing you know uh for especially if you're working on sets you always should try to do if you can't do a job you know at least recommend someone who can and so my friend went in and did the interview and ended up getting the job and became a full-time writer and worked on the road for a few years and then went down to nxt and we would often talk and kind of had these hypothetical conversations about like Hey, so what if you know, like, I wanted to get into this? Like, what what would it kind of do? And at first, it was more about like, well, if I wanted to be like a manager, right? Because I felt like I could cut a promo. And um, and so he said, "Well, put some stuff on tape and send it to me." And I did. And, uh, and then like a, like a month or so later, he asked for a bit more and, and this drug on for probably the better part of like five months. So I had plenty of time to think about like, okay, well, if I end up getting a, an offer or if I, or even if I get an offer to come and try out, you know, I don't, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. <laughs> I don't know how to bump or do anything like that. So, um, I started to make arrangements to transition down and, and, and start training out of Florida. And, and this would have been probably, the summer of twenty sixteen when I really had started to to take it seriously and I started training up here in New York just in terms of conditioning and lifting weights and started doing a lot of yoga and stretching and and then in December I relocated down and yeah, I started training at the the Team 3D Academy. And um I had sent some more tape to my buddy because he called me one night and he said just do whatever you can to put together a couple of videos as if you were going to, you know, be debuting on Raw on, on Monday. <laughs> I was like, Oh, she's okay. <laughs> and so I just grabbed a camera and I shot some stuff and, um, I, I called a buddy of mine and he he'll, you shoot some other stuff and yeah. And I sent it to him and, and it was really well received. And, and I basically the idea was, well, you can come and you can, you know, do a tryout in this September and and probably shit the bed because you don't know what you're doing, and we'll never talk to you again. Or you can go train for a little while and you know, keep us in touch and and maybe in a year you can come in and we'll do the tryout and um, we'll go from there. So I decided, well, i don't I don't want to shit the bed. That would be not really worth it. And, um, yeah, like I said, I relocated in December and started training. For about two and a half months, and it was it was pretty grueling. It was kind of your typical wrestler story, which is weird because you know a lot of really smart, talented artists that these wrestlers are, but everybody has the same story where like for some reason, they have these epic drives every day to go to like camp, and like I'd have to get up at six a m and take my mom to work, come home, grab a meal, drive two and a half hours to Orlando, train for four hours at the academy drive two and a half hours back, then do weight training, and then oftentimes would go home and get a little bit of swimming in and come home and stretch. And I was doing that three days a week, and then four days a week, I was just training at the gym locally. Um, but it was it was pretty growing, and um, I, I was really into it. And then uh, I came home one day, I think it was a Friday, and there was just some some stuff that had happened at home and it was, uh, it wasn't really a good situation. And I, you know, to clarify, I'm, I'm 30 at this point in the story and had, you know, left my Brooklyn apartment and was living out of, you know, my, my wonderful mother's house in Florida and borrowing her car every day. And so due to the circumstances, I just, you know, I, I didn't feel like it was appropriate for me to continue to do that. I needed to, try to get back to work and and make a little bit of money. And I ended up lining up a producing job here in New York that unfortunately uh, would not end up coming to fruition. And this happens every once in a while. And it just the timing was terrible. And I had come back and it took two and a half months for them to cancel the job. So I went from thinking, you know, flying in on a Friday, thinking I was starting work on Monday to two and a half months later (laughs) realizing I'm not, you know, this job isn't happening and it's getting canceled. And I was still working little by little every week. And so again, didn't end up getting paid or making any money. And now it's two and a half months of not training. And, um, and a few months after that, then my longtime girlfriend and I ended up splitting up. and, And so I ended up moving and, and so you know before you knew it a year had passed and unfortunately you know the the wrestling was just sort of in the rear view and i was you know more or less trying to figure out how to make (laughs) rent every month as opposed to trying to figure out you know how i was gonna debut for the the wwe but um you know i hung in there and and kept working and and um you know definitely got back on my feet and, and started a company in 2018 and and as you mentioned earlier, Scrump, yeah, had a great, great year last year, where I got to do some work for the NFL 100 campaign, and um, got to work with Bud Light on a really fun campaign for Twitter, and uh, yeah, and a handful of other just awesome clients. Uh, Under Armour was another, but um, yeah, in a in a giant nutshell, that's kind of kind of the story.
1: <laughs> Why well, not, Dave? And I can attest to like. Because, the we have our we have the wrestling school here, like the the freelance mm-hmm. wrestling academy. Yeah. Like, Dave and I can see how hard some of these people work, and there is every now and then, you know, hey, well, you know, whatever happened to that to that one guy, you know, with uh with the sh- oh oh he just stopped coming. Oh okay, or hey, what happened to that one girl who oh she stopped coming too, and like, it's not cut out for everyone, you know, like. When we got the wrestling, yeah. Well we when we got the wrestling ring because you know, our buddies who run the school. I was like, hey, uh, like, you know, show me how to how to run the ropes, take some bumps, and like, I, <laughs> it's funny because at, before you've actually gotten into a wrestling ring, you you know you see the the old the old fucking get them off the off the ropes, hit them with an Irish whip, and they're just mm-hmm. bouncing around all over the place, like. <laughs> I don't know how many people actually realize how hard those ropes are. Like, I remember after my first session of just running the ropes the next day, I'm just like, Oh my God. I'm like, what is wrong with my back? It's broken. And you know, you have all like the bruises. So yeah, man, like it's pretty intense. And for you to mention that schedule of two hours here and then, you know, this amount of training and then two hours. Oh, it's, oh my God. That's just, that sounds so grueling.
2: Well, in yeah, too. is like, you know, like my dad and my grandpa used to say, like I would watch wrestling and they would make fun of me when I was a kid. They're like, That's fake. That's a big trampoline and none but like it's it's boards under you know, it's a there's a mat, obviously, but like you try falling on your back onto a mat and like even veteran wrestlers that have been off for like a year, they're like, Oh, going back in there and taking bumps, hitting the ropes, it you're sore. Like there's there definitely is like a ring uh physique i guess you could say and like when you take time off especially when you're starting out that must just be a pain to think uh, i gotta start back at square one and just you know well it's so it hard takes, to it, it, it it feel like it takes
0: so long that where you before you feel like you're making progress you know even when right. you're chain wrestling and you're doing these different things so when you start to feel like you're getting a little momentum and you're starting to figure it out and then you, and then that is stifled that that can be very frustrating and yeah, the ring is just, it's always mad at you, no matter how kind you are to it. Every inch of it is not interested in in, in making your day better. And, and I'll tell you, it's funny, we were doing, you know, often what you do is quite a bit of uh, calisthenics to sort of warm up, you know, about a 20-minute warm-up or so at the academy. And then you know you'll do different drills and you'll pair off and this is meant to sort of simulate matches of various lengths so obviously guys and girls get paired off based on kind of where they're at but it's just you know conditioning there and then you'll get in the ring and run the ropes and bump and do different things but you're not you're not you know grappling or anything you're just in you know doing burpees and various things like that and then you go in and you start to do the training so the idea is that by the time you get in the ring you know you're kind of not blown up to the point where you can't you know operate, but to the point where you know that's when you're really kind of getting conditioned. and yeah, you know if the bumps are rough and and that's easy to to look at and go, well, that's gonna suck. And I remember going in thinking, well, what can I do to like figure it out? You know, like how can I beat the bump? like how can I you know stretch a certain way and 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 I was so fixated on that, you know, I never even really considered things like running the rope and I remember the first day we were doing, you know, our, our ups was a lot of cardio stuff and a lot of core stuff on the outside. And I had started the lower part of my back was just getting, you know, rubbed like a, just a little raw from doing crunches and stuff on the carpet. And, you know, as I was new, I did a lot of rope running and, uh, yeah, I had just opened up this, you know, this little cut basically on on the lower part of my back where you're where you hit the rope effectively. And um I didn't realize it while I was doing it, but that was just the worst part cuz I could you can't sleep at that point. You can't just lay down and go to bed at night cuz you just have it's like the princess and the pea you're just hyper aware of that little area that's been rubbed completely raw from this cable wrapped in rubber that you've just been hauling ass into, you know, for hours on end and uh yeah, that was the one that they got me more than anything else was just that just that little rope burn, I guess you'd call it, but whew, yeah.
1: I mean, even now to, especially with, uh, with the quarantine, you know, there's no gyms, all the gyms are closed. So I've mm-hmm. been going down to, cause I've, I think, I believe I mentioned to you, I'm, basically the wrestling school is my living room i'm like living in the in the, in the warehouse where where we house it's the, like ring. the
2: phantom of the warehouse
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's almost it's exactly like uh was it beyond the mat uh that wrestling yeah. school in california yeah. where it, you know yeah, yeah it, it's, it's, basically yeah. I, yeah ryan's basically Roland alexander i'm living up here uh but i'll do that like i'll run over to to the ring and like i have some you know i have some dumbbells i have jump rope but I'll do like That's amazing. five five minutes of just running the ropes and I'm fucking winded. Like, I'm just like, oh my <laughs> God. Like it's, and it's just, yeah. Like luckily I, I've, I, I don't know if it's, a, my back has just gotten accustomed to it or it's just got calloused up, but I'm like, I'm ready. You know, I'm like, I'm used to it, but I just, again, go back nice. to the first few times of running it over and over. And like you said, like you can't even sleep because it's just, you know it's not even like it's in one area because you know it's like the two ropes that you're primarily hitting Mm -hmm. it's just the two and it's just like if you're if you're a back sleeper like myself definitely not very fun uh (laughs) but uh so one of the things that you know you do a lot for especially for post wrestling guys is uh you do a lot of graphic design you know much like dave but before I get to that, there's another thing that you and Dave both have in common, and that is that you guys can both throw down in the kitchen. Because oh. <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite things is, I mean, typically, you know, Dave and I, when we talk, it's he's like, oh, Annie's making this, or, you know, I'm making this. And I'm just like, oh, man, that sounds delicious. As I'm eating, like, I don't know, Wendy's <laughs> or something. Uh, <laughs> but typically on your story, you'll post these, like, awesome meals that you put together and it's same thing where it's like one two in the morning and i'm i'm trying not to think about like oh don't you don't need to eat a snack you know nothing and then like (laughs) i'll see these stories from early in the day and i'm like god damn it robert uh but so was there ever any like culinary stuff where you just just picked it up just yeah,
0: well, no. So it's funny. You Well, I'm glad you And I haven't been posting him as much because I will say it seems like it's a little in vogue ever since the quarantine for people to not that it always hasn't been the cornerstone right. of Instagram to just post whatever the hell you're eating. But um, I've I've I have pulled back a little bit. So it's nice to you know, it's nice to know people. Right, but they cared a bit. Uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll post something else. But um, yeah, so I actually was enrolled in culinary school before I went to film school, so to speak, although I didn't take any classes. I had just found the Art Institute of Tampa, which I had mentioned earlier um because of their culinary program. And I had lived in Wisconsin for, uh, I believe, as you would say, a cup of coffee right out of high school and uh, had planned on going to school there and actually, knew i was going to get into the culinary stuff so i'd even catered a, a party or two and and really started leaning into it and uh and then when i went to tour the campus i saw they had a film program and i had always wanted to be a filmmaker i even had the fortune of being in a film festival when i was in high school and so i was i was like oh wait i want to do this and i can always go home and cook <laughs> i was like i want to i want to make a movie i don't know that i want to run a restaurant so uh, I made the switch before I started, but yeah, the interest was always there. And then of course, when I moved to New York in 2011, uh, the crew that I worked with, you know, they made it a point to try to get, you know, lunch at a different restaurant every day in the city. And, uh, so I was exposed you know, to so much in, in the first nine months of being here and, you know, put on some weight <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, definitely fell in love with the, uh, the, the food and everything here and. And then and started kind of figuring out in about 2015 and started cooking a lot more again and um, yeah and now have found a very happy balance of uh, cooking delicious food and and maybe spending a little too much time doing it sometimes but what are what are your I mean now I'm interested what are some of your favorite things to cook now that now that I know there's another uh, culinary artist on the line
2: you know I my brother and I both love barbecuing so (laughs) like. We've been starting to get some really nice weather, so we're doing, you know, we're doing ribs lately. We're making our own sauces, um, and then, like, you know, when I'm cook- here here's the thing too: like, there's a lot of people that think cooking is hard, and sometimes it is, or that it's time-consuming. When you think about it, it takes like for uh, the majority of meals, it takes about like no more than a half hour of prep time. You know, yeah. and then you're not eating garbage. I mean, I'm notorious for eating garbage myself anyways. I'm kind of <laughs> <big old> <laughs> like, but you know, when it comes down to, you want to spend time with your family, you know, you want to do some of your prep stuff and you got a you know, your girlfriend or your wife or your boyfriend or whoever, or you got kids, you know, you get the family in there and you know, you're making pizzas or just, oh, it's, you know, any, it's yeah. and, and, and then you sit there, and you got a really nice meal that you can appreciate that you made with your own two hands, and um, yeah. But like I see, and I've been guilty of it too. I don't have time to make this, but it, you know, if I counted the times where if I took a break and I just sat there and waited for like Grubhub to stop by or something, <laughs> I could have made a nice meal, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's and like yeah, with regards to the difficulty, I mean, there's a difference between doodling and being M. C. Escher, right? Like you can right. you can make a meal that's lavish and you know <laughs> is very yeah. it requires a lot of attention or you can just get in there and like you said for 20 minutes a half an hour just grab some stuff and play around and I think that less is always more so if, mm-hmm. if once you figure that out you don't actually make that many mistakes because you're not getting too crazy but it's such a great bonding experience I actually last week I've been um, I've been working on a, a short film that we're hoping to you know we'll see how everything goes but in in this, in November november uh get the ball rolling on and get into principal photography on but i actually had the dp over you know last weekend and, and made dinner for us and it was so great to just you know go over everything and go over the treatment and in the, the you know the camera treatment and just talk shop. but you know over this really nice meal and it's just uh it's, it's
2: such a great tone and you know it uh isn't, yeah, and isn't there, there, it's a difference There's a difference doing something like that and ordering pizza, (laughs) (laughs) having someone come down and sit down a meal that you've, you know what I mean? There's, yeah, there's there's a whole other level level of appreciation. Yeah, Yeah. for sure.
1: I know. As of recent, uh, like kind of like with a, I guess you know you mentioned like a bonding experience with my mom. I've I've been like, hey, teach me how to cook your food. Because yeah. you know, I it's mm-hmm. it's with everyone. with everyone, you know, if you ask most people, you know, oh hey, who makes the best this? Who makes the best that? My mom, you know. Like <laughs> yeah, people can right. people can tell me, you know, they've had the best enchiladas from this place or you know, and this place and that place and I refuse to, you know, I'll be like, Oh, okay, in the back <laughs> of my head I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I'm like, My mom makes the best or, enchiladas. Yeah,
2: you, you sp- judge like that doesn't taste like my
1: mom's oh yeah the amount of and so i've you know she's i've been going over that i usually go over there every sunday to to meal prep for the week uh and i'll try to switch it up i'll be like hey you know let's let's make this this week let's make that this week and i make it a point of like don't i'm like let me make it because she has a habit of like oh here i'll just make i'm like no 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 i'm like if it comes out tasting a little wonky whatever (laughs) i'm like let me because a lot of you know like you mentioned trial and error uh yeah the one thing i'm trying to perfect though is her soup because you know i'm like i think of i'll be an old man one day and (laughs) the one thing i'll want is just like my mother's soup and if i can't make it myself then short of hopping into delorean like i'm not getting that soup you know your
0: options are limited yeah Yeah, well that's a great i think that's a great starting place if if she's going to teach you anything i feel like refining and 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 pr- and making the soup perfect. That's that's a great starting point.
1: Yeah, because I mean, it's with soup. It's, it's soups. I find it. It's often hard to mess up. Like it's either oh, too much water, or uh, it's mm-hmm. a little too salty, or uh, you know, like soup. It soup. I would feel with soup, it's kind of like pizza, where it's like even bad pizza is. It's like ah, it's still fine. It's passable. Because I mean, I've had like those like shitty like progresso soups, and you're just like. Well, you know, gets gets the job done. We listen. We've all we've all had a. Soap that week. is
0: not how you get a sponsorship for this podcast, by the way. That is uh, not the way you. Well, sorry for
1: what's because what's this spot this, this week's episode is brought to you actually by Campbell's. That's why we had to specifically oh, name that. Well,
0: that's a far better soup. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even remember that other soup you were talking about because.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, But like, so I I mentioned, you know, aside from both of you guys being wonderful chefs, you guys are both, uh, graphic artists in your own, you know, I mentioned you've done a lot of the designs for, uh, for post wrestling and you most recently did the one, uh, for Shed Gaspar. Um, talk a little bit about that, how they, how that came about to be.
0: Yeah, no, I was, yeah, I was really, really honored. It would have been only a couple nights ago. I, I got a phone call and, uh, yeah, I, um, I'm buddies and have been buddies for many years with, uh, with MVP. He's a guy who I've done a lot of work for a lot of graphic design work for. And, uh, yeah, he called me and was, was just telling me that he and a couple of the guys were interested in, you know, getting a design together for the family and, and something to sell. And I, you know, was obviously just really, really honored that they'd, they'd reach out to me and just sort of jumped right into it and put together a little, pdf with just some different options different you know composition options and some different font options and just kind of pass that along and for the you know next kind of 48 hours or so just we get notes and was just kind of working on it and and i think we were all really uh um, we wanted to try to get it done as soon as possible so we could, you know, get it up, especially with the holiday weekend. And I, I know on the site, you guys are having a sale. So I think that, you know, we didn't really, we wanted to try to take advantage of that as much as possible. And so, yeah, I just kind of powered through, um, I guess it would have been two nights ago and just, yeah, ended up finishing. It was probably pretty close to the design that you, that is up there and, and sent it through and, uh came back with a couple notes and then and then yeah had it had it finished up and um yeah and then in the last few days it's been really nice to see everybody you know promoting it and and i've seen everybody from shelton and uh you know ach and just everybody you know uh mvp obviously you know promoting it and and uh yeah i hope it does hope it does really well because because obviously it's such a sad story and something that came out of nowhere in a time that's already hard enough for everybody. So I, I, you know, I'd love to see the family get to try to try to benefit as much from, from the, the holiday traffic as possible. You know,
1: are there any specific designs of yours that come to mind that, uh, you know, you would consider your favorite or just ones that really stick out? Cause I know personally for me, the, uh, the John and way, uh, like deconstructed shirt that you made of them. Love it. That's a favorite of mine that, you know, that's often in rotation uh, in my closet.
0: Oh, well, that's very good to hear because that's probably close to the top of the list. I mean, I've you know, it all it all just sort of started because I uh, when I was back when I was a personal assistant, we did some work with Yahoo News and I and I had some success networking by just kind of putting together some designs and sending it to just guys. <laughs> I kind of wanted to like talk to, right. I like, I like their podcast, and, and they would always kind of get a pop out of it. And, and, um, and some relationships came out of that. And then I ended up meeting John and way. And um, yeah, it was usually the early stuff was more just like joke stuff; it. Wasn't really necessarily serious designs or anything. Whereas now I try to challenge myself a bit more with each one to kind of come up with, you know uh interesting things and i really do like the the head splitting and half <laughs> design it's a little weird and, and out there which which i kind of like there's one that i think if i can uh you know peel back the curtain a little I, I they believe next month they're going to be dropping the last one that i've done i did a three designs for them one for a, the post pro show that they do which covers japanese um the kind of japanese professional wrestling scene and then nate milton's uh rocky horror rocky mayavia horror picture show
1: both and, by the, both by uh, the way amazing designs but i saw both <laughs> of them and we're just like god and it's not it's not even because we have you here right now uh those are legit amazing designs like when i kept hearing uh way hype up i mean wh gave me a sneak preview uh of the one for uh post perez but then when uh way was just hyping up the rocky my via horror uh one <laughs> i was like man i'm like what is and then when i saw it i was just like knocked it out the park uh but i'm sorry continue
0: oh well no well thank you yeah i it's funny because i've never had any Interaction with Nate Milton, and so I said the way I said, "Can I just show him? (laughs) Can I can I be the one to show him the design? Because yeah, it's really out there." So that that was the first time he and I ever had any kind of interaction. It was just him just opening his Facebook DMs one day, and then seeing me messaging him what ultimately became that shirt. But the W H Park shirt, uh, I will say, I got to give him credit where it's due. You know, that was largely his idea. He he kind of pitched it to me, and then you know I went and and did it, which is really fun because, you know, I took many art history classes in school and um, it's always fun to kind of reconstruct classic art and um, especially highly stylized art. So that, that was a really fun one to do. Um, but yeah, next, next month, we're going to drop one that I, I also, it's, it, it should, touch the heart of any comic book fan out there um john and way do a lot of uh, mcu reviews so it's sort of in the vein of that and that was that was very fun to do and uh, might be up there as another favorite but um yeah i, I did another i did one with him again mvp we mentioned earlier a month or so ago right around the time he debuted at the rumble it's a, a remake of a classic back black panther cover as he Came out in his uh, his Wakandan gear that night, so we kind of did want to immortalize that, um, which was another really fun design uh,
2: to do. So those are some some favorites, some recent favorites as well. So you, you brought well, I, I like uh- oh go ahead no no go ahead. Well, I like what you said about networking, and like this has kind of been like almost like a mini running theme through our show, is that you you made like a list of people that you would like to talk to, and then you just sent them art. And then stuff was born out of that. And, like, we, we get a lot of questions at Pro Wrestling Keys specifically. Like, hey, how do I get my art up there? And we always tell people, just send it to the wrestler. Mm-hmm. And if they like it, they'll put it up on their store. you know? And then you can work <laughs> out an agreement. But, like, a lot of times people get scared to pull the trigger on something like that. And, you know, it's cliche, but you, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right? So
0: Yeah. Well, and we live in this, like... Everybody has to have content now. Like, so if you're anybody with an audience, like, right, you gotta have something to tweet about. You gotta have something to post on your Instagram. You got it. You know what I mean? And there, there are only so many hot takes you can spit out a day. So, you know, oftentimes if you are a fan of somebody's podcast, or you know, if if it's a wrestler or whatever you're into, you know, if that can inspire you to sharpen a skill and work on it a way that can then be mutually beneficial to that party, then it's a great way to, to kind of forge a relationship. And, you know, that that's really what I think it's about. And when, and that's the difference between kind of networking and then just like shoving your stuff in people's faces is keeping in mind, like what is mutually beneficial, you know, uh, is, is the, the Rocky Maivia picture uh muse would say, you know, you got to know your role, right? You got to, if, if someone has a need and you can fulfill that need, then, you know, you're going to be a value to them. So, you know, in terms of being buddies or a friendship or whatever, you know, that's only going to come after that's going to come. If you can, you know, earn some trust and again, show, show your worth. And, and a lot of times, you know, like you said, if you are donating work to a wrestler or something, it's a great way to get some chops in early on, you know, because right. although you're not getting paid, you are going to get a little bit of a, you know, a rub, if you will, or a little bit of a boost in your audience as a result. You're going to get to practice, you're going to get some feedback, um, which is all
2: really important, you know, if you are trying to, to be any kind of professional creative yeah just yeah not being afraid to take your sh- like if you're already at the point of thinking oh this wrestler could want my arts, give it a shot you know well, yeah, I mean? and if, and don't, don't be annoying and don't be a pest obviously because we, we've seen some of those people but like sure. if you really truly can assess that hey i have some talent and i think i could be of value to someone why not right why not give it a try <laughs>
0: Yeah. And that's how you break through. I mean, I'm at a point right now where, you know, I've been working on a personal project for three years and recently kind of finish it up. And it's, it's a graphic novel that I, that I'm shopping around and, you know, every other day you're packing it up and sending it out to a, you know, to a publisher that you're probably not going to hear back from, but that's part of, you know, breaking through and getting to the next level is doing the work and then sending it out there. So, you know, again, in the example, if you're trying to make work for some of the guys and, you know, you want to get into that space, you know, that it's just like getting through to anything. You just got to, you know, try it and make some stuff and think of yourself as a consumer and like what you'd want to buy or what you'd spend 25 Mm -hmm. to 30 bucks on. And, you know, if, if, if something in that space kind of makes you feel something then you know you're probably not wrong. so if you chase those instincts and you're honest to yourself and you're willing to again not take it personally if people aren't interested yet you know then that's well,
2: that's, that's just, the key too yeah <laughs> don't, don't like artists like stereotypically have a, th- a thin skin about that sort of thing but like you know when you're talking about selling stuff you, you really can't have too big of an ego especially when it's in the service of someone else, you know, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's so, I mean, it's, it's one thing I've learned from working in, you know, film and television for since full time since 2011 now is that it's, you know, anybody buying something is out there looking for something so you know not to say that if someone says no to you it's not because you weren't ready or couldn't do better but a lot of times it's just not what someone's looking for whether they're casting whether they're buying a comic book whether looking to pay for a design you know they have x amount of money that they can spend and then they need to make x amount of money with that investment and you know, if you're not the right person at the right time, it's just, it's not personal, you know? And yeah. And a lot of times you're not going to get that feedback. So you just have to be able to ask yourself, what could I do better? And then kind of jump into the next thing and just keep rolling with it.
1: You briefly touched upon it, Robert. And it was something that I I have here in my notes, one of like the two, three things that I actually wrote down, but uh, you said (laughs) you're working on a graphic novel. Is there, is there anything you can tell us about it? Cause I, I, I see you posting, you know, again, on your story, like, things as it pertains to it, where I'm clear I'm like okay I'm like he's clearly working on some something comic related which I think is awesome like I've I've talked to Dave about this you know I've probably on and off air about like it, it, with the inception of this podcast was literally hey let's just let's do a podcast and a lot of our you know a lot of our friends a lot of our real creative friends uh tend to just you know it's that you know oh they started up their you know this band it was because they just wanted to play music they write comic books it's because they just wanted to write comic books like it's very much the uh i mean i know it's a common approach but i uh heard it from kevin smith you know where he's like i wanted to make a movie so i made it because no no studio was going to just come knocking on his door and say hey do you want a million dollars to just to make a movie so he kind of did it on his own um so i got very happy when i saw it because like i mentioned you're a real creative person so when i saw you like working on a comic book i was like hell yeah I'm, i'm like based on our you know our conversations i'm like i know that's it seems right up his alley uh so is can you tell us like what it's about i mean you know you don't have to go too in depth to it i know you mentioned you're you're still shopping it around
0: yeah no i mean I, I yeah i can definitely tell you a little bit about it i mean i think that uh with regards to wanting to write a comic book i mean i think that every like kid who draws like thinks about it from the time they're they, they you know they start drawing anything they they start to think about their own characters and what they'd want to do and so i don't yeah i can't i probably wanted to make comics you know as long as i've wanted to do anything and um uh, I, in 2017, you know, I mentioned that I came back and was going through a lot of different stuff, going through a breakup, looking for a place to live. And I had uh, started to write a short film at that time. And it was largely dependent on one location and which was the place that I was working at the time. And, uh, I thought, well, let's, I'll do this short film. And it ended up kind of falling through and it fell through because people were they were on and then they were off. They had one foot in, they had one foot out, which is often the case with, you know, short films and projects like that. Um, it's sort of the name of the game, but I was really over it. I was just, I, I was really pissed off and had like a chip on my shoulder and was like, you know, what I got, I just have to make something. I have to do something. You know, at this point I'm the wrestling is in the rear view mirror and I'd spent the better part of a year kind of mentally prepping to just, you know, go give a hundred ten percent and absolutely be successful at that. And, 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 and so I, this short film was going to be my next project. Okay, well, let me do something and kind of get back. And so so when that fell through, I was just like, okay, I can't afford to really let whatever the next thing is be dependent on anyone else. You know, if if this next thing fails, it's just got to be because I quit or because I didn't want to finish it or see it through. And so I I said, well, I'll make a graphic novel because it, because I, you know, I can probably do most of what I need to do to get that done, and I, I spent about six months working on notes and figuring out the story. It's it's a story. It's a murder mystery. It's um it's about this sort of failed <laughs> filmmaker who leaves new york and, and returns to his hometown of Armsbrook, florida which is it's not a real place it's just sort of everywhere every everywhere florida kind of a town and uh and he returns back there to make a, a documentary that he thinks is going to sort of be his masterpiece and revive his career and it's about a series of murders that took place when he was uh, a boy in his town and he sort of looks to Kind of unveil who the Armsbrook killer is, and he uh, one of the killings was of his his childhood best friend. So the first issue is sort of um, him back, you know, in Armsbrook, living out of his buddy's storage facility and searching for a piece of footage that uh, will help him kind of finish this documentary. And uh, yeah, i'm I'm really, really proud of it. All six scripts are written, and uh, I started illustrating it. Oh, it, it, it was somewhere about a year ago, and and recently finished it, and and um, yeah, and have had a number of issues just sort of printed, you know, to kind of like I said, shop around and send to publishers, and uh, have started illustrating issue two. But the the short film that I mentioned earlier um, sort of ties into all of this, is the graphic novel is very much about the killer, and very much um, about this filmmaker who's trying to tell the story of the killer. Uh, and so I thought it would be fun to, to kind of tell a peripheral story of a detective who's also looking for this killer but doesn't, you know necessarily know it's the same killer or anything like that. And, and both the graphic novel and the short film sort of all conclude and end sort of at the at the same time. And um, yeah, so' I'm, I've really been working a lot on the short film since finishing the first issue is, is I'm hoping to hoping to catch the eye of a publisher <laughs> so they'll they'll compensate me to finish the rest. But <laughs> that sounds awesome. Uh, but that's kind of where the project's at. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm re- I'm really excited and really proud of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that all sounds very awesome and I love the uh like how it's how you know you mentioned it's kind of the film and the book are set in the same universe. Like I'm I'm a whore for continuity, so <laughs> the, the, the fact that you're just like oh yeah and by the way this film it's in the same universe i'm just i'm in like you you know you already you already had me at oh i'm making a short film but the fact that you know like th- that book does genuinely sound awesome i'm you know ho- hopefully hopefully publisher does pick it up and get myself a copy because yeah i mean it sounds awesome and again I've, i've seen your illustrations you know via your story and it looks awesome
0: Thanks, man. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, I think the plan is right now, again, although everything's, you know, tentative with the world being what it is, uh, when the short film is, is finished, you know, we want to show it in markets that really make sense, you know, which is to say that our our film markets that not only have festivals that, you know, have a certain level of prestige, but also our, our markets, you know, that that are popular with comic book fans and and have that, uh, kind of crossover appeal so we can sort of come and participate in a film festival, but then also put on, you know, a fringe event at a local shop or something, whether it's a signing or just some sort of screening or whatever it is. But believe me, Chicago is definitely at the top of the list. So if, if slash (laughs) when this all comes together, uh, I will definitely be giving you a call and I think we can, we can, have a whether it's a live podcast or whatever but we can we can definitely co-promote something cuz i think it'd be a blast.
1: I mean listen if you you know if your film requires uh two handsome boys to be in the background you know David <laughs> Dave, Dave and I you know we're we're more than willing you're good up some scenery. You're in. I've actually, I'm looking
0: at this list of needs right at the top. It's two pretty boys. It says that. So, <laughs> ah, yes.
1: it's incredible. We're in, Dave. This is the power of networking. <laughs> we did it. We did it. Uh, so, before, you know, we usually have the podcast. We have the two questions we ask every guest. But before we get to that, I figure, I've not talked about this with Dave yet. And with you being oh. a filmmaker yourself, I figured I'd get, let me, you know, get everyone's opinion on it. Uh, the Snyder Cut of Justice League, they they oh. announced it's, it's coming, you know, for for a while. It was just, you know, oh, it doesn't exist, or that's not a real thing. A
2: lot thing. of people didn't believe
1: it, yeah. Yeah, but apparently, <laughs> w, you know, WB, uh, they need, you know, they need some subscribers for HBO Max, and it's a thing that's happening, and uh, you know, I personally, myself, I wasn't the biggest fan of the Justice League movie, you know? I I definitely felt like, yeah. you know, you, you gotta go from A to B to C, you can't just go from A to you know to z and then expect everything to work out um but i'm excited kind of you know seeing the things that they've been saying about like oh well they're gonna put some more money into you know actually m- you know making some things uh happen that didn't happen in the first film and i be- i believe if i'm not mistaken they said they it's either going to be one four-hour movie which i hope yeah i heard know, it was a four hour case, movie. or cut it into like <laughs> six smaller episodes which Again, wouldn't you know? Wouldn't be upset with that. But uh, what are what are some of your guys' opinions?
0: I'll let, I'll let you go first. <laughs> um, well, I think that you know it's it's the, we live in the era right now of repurposed footage, right? And I think that this is probably more a result of you know this sort of crisis that we're at right now with movies that need to be released and they don't know what to do. And so I think if a studio can take something that was already shot. Can sink a little bit of marketing budget into, like you said, polishing off some shots. Um, you know, that that's probably not a bad idea. You know, in terms of the audience getting some sort of story that they're more satisfied with, I don't know if that's going to be the case. I certainly don't think longer is going to make anyone happier. Right, I don't know yeah. that anybody who had a problem with the initial cut, if a four hour uh, version of it is going to be the answer. But that said, I mean, look, he's a filmmaker, has a very specific style, who has a very specific kind of vision for things. And I, I'll just be very transparent. That's not something I'm usually that into. But that said, I can I can imagine if you put handcuffs on that and you start to not allow that filmmaker to do what he does or operate in a way that he feels confident, then, yeah, I, I think that, you know, the project is going to hurt. So a, a different cut of his. Might have a different tone. Uh, it might have something that's a little more true to what his kind of core audience is interested in. But at the end of the day, I, I would be hard pressed to think it's going to be a different movie, or you know, something that dramatically different is going to happen. And and if you know, it's just like, what do you have to do to recut the Last Jedi where people go, oh, now I like it. You know, I, right. I just think it's a situation where people like it, people don't like it, and the people who already liked it are going to check it out. And there's probably not a huge margin of people who didn't like it, who are going to go, Ooh, a four hour version. Let me get my hands on that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What about you? Dave?
2: Well, I, you know, I talked about this with my brother earlier. And so, um, you know, I think there's been like, especially a more recent trend of people not really liking Zack Snyder stuff. And so, um, like me personally, I've, I've been a fan, especially of his earlier stuff. Like, I love 300. I I even loved uh, Sucker Punch. You know, a lot of people (laughs) really groaned when they saw that movie. But I liked it. Um, And I'm a huge Batman fan. And so, like, when I heard he was... And I liked Watchmen. But, like, when I heard he was doing uh, Batman v Superman, first I was like, one, you don't start off with that. You know, that's... that's You build up to Batman versus Superman. Um, Because he... Even if it was the greatest movie ever, you know, if you start off with Thanos in the Marvel Universe, everything else, you know, is kind of trivial, you know. So, like, they they started off with, like, the Big Bang, and then they fumbled it, and then they tried to – they really tried to make up for it in the Justice League. And then, you know, there's always been rumors there was some kind of weird relationship problem between – snyder and warner brothers and then he had the personal tragedy happen and then jess whedon goes in there and i just you know i'm with you i think that no matter what you bolt back onto the movie that was taken out or whatever you re-edit um the spirit of the movie remains the same and i think that's what created a lot of the fans it's just the spirit of the movie was just there's something off and they didn't They didn't take the time to world build in the same way that Marvel did. And they really just tried to jump to the end of the game and say, hey, we have this established thing. Look, we just made it. And you get a lot of apathy from people. Um, They made some weird casting choices, especially with, you know, in Batman v Superman. Um, I don't know. I'll use a sports analogy. Sometimes with like the Chicago Bears, there's like this stink of losing that no matter what we do, to the bears there's a losing mentality and i i feel like that's happened with the dcu um especially when it comes to like batman superman stuff they really just kind of poison the well and it's not you're not going to get that bad taste out of people's mouths and i agree with you no matter what you do it's just more of the things that people won't like so um i'll i'll still watch it because you know it's interesting but um i'm not so sure it's going to change my opinion
1: I know one of the common misconceptions that I've seen from people, like as it pertains to all of this, is that like that this movie again again, like both of you mentioned, if you didn't like it before, you're probably not gonna like a longer version of it. Um, but a lot of people seem to think like, Oh well, if this one does good enough then maybe they'll just stop this current Batman movie and then it's like, well, no, like they've already put a lot of time and money into you know this new batman movie that's coming out and i can't i mean again you know it's like with wrestling never say never i can't imagine a scenario in which you know again this four-hour cut of justice league where they you know oh ben affleck come on let's just come back you know this because i mean yeah he's not gonna come back yeah like i mean this joker movie you know it was it's a one-off according to what they said you know he i know todd phillips said he's open to a sequel but you know whether or not that comes out you know comes to fruition like as of right now it is it's it's a one-off and i think it was done great would you know would they do that with this batman movie possibly but like warner brothers is never gonna stop making batman movies you know well
2: so we've we've talked about this before and like i think They've already kind of jumped the shark with the universe, the connected universe. And I think, you know, Affleck's done. And if you recast them, it's just weird. Um, they, The shine is off the whole idea. And they already showed that they didn't want to do the Marvel movie route. Um, I think DC's perfect and they have enough stories. And the very nature of comic books is you could do one-offs of Batman. You know what I mean? You could do like a Batman long halloween and have a different actor and then people would be oh what does this batman look like and it doesn't necessarily have to follow any continuity because like when batman started they were driving studebakers you know what i mean and the <laughs> same character has had a continuity up till now he's got flying you know ultrasonic vehicles the the beauty of comic books is you could just kind of pluck a story out and then say this story's in the 70s and then you make a nice movie about that And you don't have to worry about continuity errors. And this Superman story is here. And then, you know, if you have some of them interact a little bit, that's fine. But um, But, if if you're such a big advantage, I think that you just hit
0: on is that as as soon as you remove that connected continuity, you can you can have so much more fun with the independent stories. You know, you can set them at different times. You can set them in different places. All of a sudden, you don't have to justify why this character ends a story here, you know, so they can be at another point in another story, you know, that is cool. And there is a a shine to it, but in the same way, you know, we hear all the time with wrestling where one promotion, you know, says we're going to do the polar opposite of what the other promotion is just so we can offer an alternative. I think that that's a, that could be a very effective strategy for DC who arguably has characters who independently, you know, are kind of a little bit, you know, I don't know if more well-known at this point is the way to put it, but um, are a little more steeped in, in Americana, you know. And and I think keeping them separate is has way more advantages than trying to yeah. just be the other shared universe.
2: And and I think that's what works so well with the Joker. You know yeah. what I mean? It was this example. is just a story, yeah. and we'll 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 do everything we can to make this story great. And we don't have to worry about, oh, how do we introduce Green Lantern into this Joker movie? You know, it doesn't make sense. Just Make make a really good movie, and then make another really good movie, and then you know, I think that would be to their strength.
1: I know Marvel's been kind of guilty of like reverse engineering things into other things. Like, it's it's kind of one thing if you're like, oh, this little boy in in uh, Iron Man Two who was wearing this Iron Man mask, that was Spider Man. Like, that's e- yeah. it's easy to say, you know, it's like, all right, sure, the the math works out. He would be that age that's fine Mm -hmm. but then it's like another thing when you you know like you watch captain marvel and you're like oh the avengers initiative didn't you know it came from carol danvers's the name of carol danvers's uh plane that was the avenger and it's kind of just like uh it's it's like (laughs) okay sure that's fine yeah but uh, yeah i mean you know i just wanted to get your opinion on it because you know as again as a filmmaker yourself like it's it's a perspective that dave and i you know we don't uh you don't get every day yeah um yeah. but you know r- really quickly we'll, we'll wrap up and then we'll let you go uh so we ask all our guests the uh two famous questions uh the first question being is do you remember the first piece of wrestling merchandise uh that either you know you purchased or was gifted to you you know i famously talk about uh i got my eddie guerrero i'm your poppy t-shirt and then not too long <laughs> after that was my uh chain gang soldier john cena shirt that uh all the other sixth graders loved because it said, "If you want some, come get some." And of course, I—I I had no idea why everyone—why everyone giggled at it. Why
0: everyone was coming to you to get some? Yeah, I was, you had yeah. no idea. I was like, I was, I, like I was like, man, I was
1: like, a lot of these people really like John Cena up around the block. Yeah, and I was like, fuck, I was like, all these sixth graders love John Cena, and it was was not the case, as I learned. <laughs>
0: Well, I wish just just for for continuity's sake, my answer was some piece of merchandise that <laughs> belonged to John Cena, because that would have put me in like <laughs> late high school, which would have been a very different story if I was as enamored with that. No, but mine, um, <laughs> maybe uh, timing-wise, appropriately enough, uh, due to some other content that was released this week, I actually had uh, a, an Owen Hart action figure. It was the first bit of wrestling anything I ever had, and I remember that i did not buy it nor was it as much gifted to me as i believe i had picked it up in some sort of lost and found (laughs) (laughs) and i remember being familiar with it because a few of my other friends who really liked wrestling had these wrestling toys and i really remember liking the size and scale of it because it kind of went along with some of my other wrestling toys and then um, the the sort of curiosity would sort of grow from there. Is when it was on TV. I I remember seeing a lot of Brett and, and realizing that it was the dark haired version of this toy that I had, <laughs> and uh, and and then again everything sort of evolved from there. But yeah, I don't know if if that counts because it's not quite a piece of of merchandise. No, it definitely it, counts. Definitely. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then the the second question is uh what is is there a uh favorite piece of merchandise you have you know be it some sort of memorabilia uh i mean the owen figure might count but you know like i again i again refer to uh that eddie guerrero the eddie guerrero shirt that i had you know eddie is what yeah. got me into wrestling and this old washed out it's hardly even black anymore it's more like that weird washed out like grayish blue uh shirt yeah. it's in here somewhere you know it's it's one of these drawers that I have because you know, it means a lot to me.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably got to be in, in top five, top three, most kind of legendary pieces of wrestling merchandise, you know, obviously the assist because of, because of the tragedy itself, but just a shirt that I think everybody, you know, remembers. And and I remember ordering it and, uh, you know, and, uh, and i think if i had to pick one in particular it would have been an it would have i you know i by the time i was in fifth grade again i kind of knew what wrestling was but i wasn't like all in just yet and uh and then and then i saw stone cold and i was like you know a stone cold fan and then i became a wrestling fan because it was just i was i thought this guy was just the greatest thing that ever happened and um and i remember every time every saturday when i would be dragged to jc pennies with my mom just like begging for this stone cold shirt <laughs> and i finally finally got the stone cold shirt and it um was probably it's probably just my favorite one ever because i remember wearing it all the time it was way too big you know because i don't know why but my mom would all you know she would just buy shirts that were larger so i could grow into them and uh, you know, worked out because I can still wear that to this day. But it's the one. It's like the the rattlesnake skull with like the red eyes, and it just says Austin three sixteen. Very you know, very basic. Oh, that's yeah, a very uh, classic one. Yeah, yeah. But that's probably just my all time favorite because every time I see it, I I feel like a small sense of false accomplishment, which I think <laughs> is really what you want in any piece of clothing. You know, <laughs> that's what you just want to feel like you've achieved something you haven't, and that does it for me. So
1: uh well thank you robert i know we we kept you a little longer than you know intended but uh you have such an interesting story you know like i again the first time that we kind of got to talk more aside from like random wrestling stuff uh in that bar in toronto i was just like holy shit i'm (laughs) like this guy like where's the book on this because it's you know again very interesting (laughs) and I'm again. I'm. I'm excited for for your short film. I'm excited for your graphic novel to come out. I'm excited for you know everything that you that you have coming out because again you know like I, my super creative friends. I tend to you know shout out at the top of you know, the top of my lungs like hey check this out you know this is really good and you're definitely someone who like I remember the other day you like drew this like real awesome Jushin Thunder Liger, and I was just like holy shit I'm like this this is amazing. Uh, so yeah su- super super happy that we we're you know able to have you and again hopefully when all this is over and we're able to do this again in person because i, s- I still feel like we kind of just scratch the surface on like how <laughs> how nerdy we can get especially you know when we started the movie talk because that's something you and i you know from time to time like we'll just sit there yeah. and just start talking movies and like you know we we're gushing over kubrick the other day and mm-hmm. yeah and, um But thank you so much. Uh, Where can people find you?
0: Oh, I think the best place is is right now is probably just Instagram. Uh, I'm at Robert S. Pearson. And uh, yeah, I think that I'm always posting on there. I'm probably on there more than anything else. And yeah, if anybody wants to chat or or needs any work or anything, they can, they can DM me and we we can go from there. But uh, I really appreciate you guys having me on and, and again, uh, pro wrestling tees to get your your Shad Gaspard shirt right now. All the proceeds go to Shad's uh, his wife and and son and uh, the family. And yeah, so all the support there is is much appreciated. But again, thank you guys for for having me on, and and I'd be happy to come go down any nerdy rabbit hole you like: comic oh. books, wrestling, film um yeah it it, my girlfriend's always really really happy about it so uh, (laughs) (laughs) i'm more than happy to assist whenever i can
1: oh man sounds like someone's coming on for a part two uh well thank you robert appreciate it (laughs) and uh we'll talk to you soon thank you guys
0: i'll catch up with you later
1: thank you again to robert pearson for that interview i really want to be in that movie know we yeah we always mentioned we
2: always (laughs) we'd love to be in any movie
1: like we had a zach shillwalker who uh directed powerbomb you know a few episodes back we had zach cash and wes on and you know we're always like hey yeah we'll we'll be in your movie but like it's totally like no no no, but like for real we'll be in your movie yeah yeah. even if it's just like background characters like i'm all for it you know um speaking of acting though and it kind of goes to uh you mentioned it a few weeks back um I, as you all know i've been making my way through fargo just finished season three now and gotta wait for season four to come out um but you had mentioned Ian mcgregor playing twins so
2: oh in this was season, I right was I? was i not mistaken
1: <laughs> you you were mistaken in the fact that he does not he does not play twins he plays a set oh. of brothers there's there's okay. an older brother like there's this is older rich brother uh and then the younger like the younger like schlubby kind of lower middle class kind of you know just takes handouts from his brother but it's the the most interesting fun thing to me is that the younger brother ray that he plays uh looks just like jake the snake like yes just like i, jake I did the snake
2: uh i was watching this uh so on youtube uh, variety has uh actors on actors and it's like two actors interviewing each other i was trying to remember i was like where did it, why did i know that about fargo and it was i think it was you and mcgregor interviewing nicole kidman and they showed a clip mm-hmm. and i remember thinking wow now that you just said that's like wow he looks like jake the snake
1: <laughs> yeah like i was just like holy shit uh yeah. but i mean i listen I can't recommend the show enough to anyone. I was, I was literally just at Paul's house, you know, Paul Jameson from the show, my best friend. I was just at uh, him. He was there with my former roommate, Anthony. And I was just like telling Anthony, I'm like, you, you got to watch the show, which funny enough, uh, our friend of the show, Anthony, he's the one who told me about, you know, he's like, you should start watching it. Like, it's so good. You, you don't have to have seen the movie, you know, to, to get anything. It's, nice if you have i mean it's a coen brothers movie so it's good um yeah, good, good dna yeah but like the show so just so good um i can, just can't recommend it enough um this next season it has uh chris rock in it i, I um, don't know the context of of anything that's going on but chris rock is in it so odds are it's it's gonna be pretty fucking good you know yeah Um, but yeah, uh, thank you again to everyone who's been listening. Uh, you know, as always, this podcast is brought to you by the wonderful sponsors of the PWT cast. We have freelance wrestling. Uh, a lot of you guys have downtime right now. So right now is a good time as any to check out, uh, the back catalog that freelance wrestling offers. If you go to IWTV, you can watch, you know, all their past shows i hear that the that one halloween battle royale is pretty interesting from about a year or two ago uh if you use the promo code freelance you get a free 20-day trial i believe uh and yeah you know there's a lot of fun shows in the past a lot of really cool matches uh go go check it out you know the freelance shows That's it's the one thing that i'm really missing you know during this pandemic is our freelance fridays um
2: yeah i mean hopefully you know we're start the the restrictions in chicago are starting to slow up a little bit so hopefully we're we're seeing uh sooner rather than later that we could get back to freelance fridays because i missed that too that, that was like one of the highlights of my month so
1: that and boogie dogs afterwards because yeah it's so good uh but another wonderful sponsor of the show is m3 toys i uh i was in i was down in their office earlier and Holy shit! Do they have so many more Funko Pops? Like
2: I saw a picture. Holy cow. yeah! Uh,
1: like I'll I'll go ahead and retweet it on the on the Twitter account so you guys can see it. But there's so many more Funko Pops right now. And if Funko Pops are your thing, definitely head over to M3 Toys. Uh, use a promo code PWTcast. That's good for anything in stock or pre order. Uh, they have a lot of fun. You know, a lot more fun stuff over there. Um, I was actually looking to see if they still had their Kylo Ren masks. My nephew, uh, he's into star Wars now. And I <sighs> was so happy to, you know, I, I called my sister cause I was trying to buy him some, some stuff last week for no other reason other than, I love you Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And she was like, well, he hasn't been doing good this week in school. So I, I don't want you buying him anything. And I was like, no worries. I'll, I'll try again next week. And then I called her Friday and she was like, yeah, you know, he's, he got his shit together. So I was like, all right, um, I'll go buy the store. You know what? I'm like, what is, cause I know he's into Spider-Man and he's into Lego, but I think I've just about bought him every Spider-Man Lego thing that there is out there. Like to yeah. buy um she was like well he's super into star wars I said, awesome who are his people awesome cool i'm like i'll you know i'll look to see what i can find and whew, uncle Berto got him a lot of star wars lego that i i hope he appreciates because they are expensive let me let me oh, tell yeah. you uh uh but yeah i was looking to see if michael had the kylo ren mask and again didn't even get to that because upon like they were here for they were here for a good minute just like filling up all the shelves uh so again if you're interested you know in toys and funko pop specifically head over to m3 toys and use promo code pwtcast and dave why don't you tell them about our last sponsor
2: our last sponsors he's pretty much been down since day one two uh friend of the show and uh also a member of the pwtcast Vinny runs the cryptic closet.com. Uh, If you use code PWTCAST, you get a whole ass 20% off of anything on the site.
1: A whole ass 20% off?
2: A whole ass 20% off, and that includes uh, his now world-famous Fanny DeVitos. Uh, He's got some new see-through bloody uh, sunglasses. Um, He's always coming up with awesome, funny, uh, horror-themed shirts. Um, And I don't know if he wants me to mention it, but he showed me a prototype of something he's been working at uh, in his house um it's he's literally putting uh his body on the line to make these products happen um i can't tell you just yet he's probably gonna be mad that i mentioned it but uh yeah go to the crypticloset.com use pwt cast for a whole ass 20 percent off and uh save on everything on vinny's site and uh help support a friend of the show
1: i i, I love all the, the sponsors of the show all our wonderful friends over there um we have a lot of fun interviews coming up uh in the next few weeks uh you know David Dave and I had been busy at work trying to get uh, you know some some fun interviews for you guys we were
2: we're networking
1: yeah our we're, we're zeroing down on on who on, on who we're gonna get for episode 52. a lot of people kind of like uh you know like oh 50 50 is a number I mean sure. You know, fifty is a nice accomplishment but for us, uh
2: measured by years.
1: Yeah. Fifty two, we you know, episode fifty two. Uh the July twenty seventh episode will be uh, you know, technically one year since we started and yeah, we're we're, we're pretty excited about, you know, the again, fingers crossed we you know, we, we get this person, but we got some fun interviews lined up for you, you know, nonetheless. And yeah, you know, this is this is a really fun thing that Dave and i have been doing for for quite a while now and i don't see it stopping anytime soon and
2: no, it, it's become part of our routine
1: exactly and hopefully you guys are enjoying it as well you know once this corona you know once everything kind of goes back to normal i know it's kind of cliche to say everything goes back to normal when everything goes back to the way it was um Dave and I plan on doing a lot of more YouTube stuff. I know a lot of people out there, are, you know, super into like YouTube content and it's definitely something that we plan on doing more. You know, I've, you know, I've had a, an idea or two about maybe an additional second show. You know, maybe if we do eventually do some sort of like Patreon. But, you know, there's listen, there's no Dave and I. The one thing that we love more than uh, deep fried food is hearing ourselves talk and absolutely yeah so there's and there's no shortage of content that we you know brainstorm in our minds and that we want to come to you guys with so thank you for everyone who's who supported us you know whether it's with a like or retweet you know even have vivian who she was on the AEW heels uh zoom thing that they had and she wore a t-shirt and that's why i love her you know oh also shout out forget completely forgot to mention it uh friend m- member of the pwt cast elisa she just had her baby oh i didn't hear yeah she just she posted a picture yeah she had her baby uh one of, my, one of my favorite things though is seeing her like there's a lot of like people that her and i both know like her and ivan uh her her fiance my best friend you know I, i've literally known this guy's first off i've known her since we were kids like maybe like second grade and ivan fifth grade and it's super awesome to see them you know happy and in love uh but there's a lot of like our like our close our inner circle she told about the baby and a lot of other people she just didn't you know and she's just like oh hey here's my baby and a lot of people are like in the comments like what you were pregnant so that's kind of you know it's fun when you wake up one day go on you know facebook or instagram and see that uh, one of your friends just had a baby and you had no idea they were even pregnant um (laughs) But, yeah, you know, so, again, thank you to everyone who supported us. Yeah, again, whether it's a like or a retweet, uh, buying our shirts, you know, telling people about the podcast, we love and thank all you guys. Yeah. Um, but, unfortunately, though, Dave, um, it appears it's that time, that time of the week where I'm running out of things to say.
2: Yeah, me too. And I'm ready to do some early barbecuing, so.
1: Oh, oh, man, sounds like someone's making a drive up to your house. Uh, well... <laughs> all right guys uh until next week i've been scrump and this is Stank, and this is friend of the show kenny omega
0: kenny omega here friend of the show unfortunately we've run out of things to say and so well we must bid you adieu so until next time at the pwts cast goodbye and good night bang bang